You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paul Pierce is the mother truth. Knocks it down! Celtics win! 50 points for Jason Tatum! Brad, any final words of advice for the new coach? Win! It is possible! It is possible! Welcome to Celtic Strong, a podcast that journeys backwards through Boston Celtics history and lore. Join two proud fans who are definitely not experts as we look back era by era. That team needed that kind of coach. Like if you had like a Riley or someone like that, I don't know who's like one of the greatest coaches of all time, but could he have coached that team? I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Certainly fair to say that you might not have gotten everything you could have out of Rondo or seen right. him develop into the player he was going to be. And especially being a point guard himself, uh, Doc, yep. you know, being able to be you know, uh, there for someone like Rondo who you know, is a little bit of a wild card. Yeah, and Doc has the experience to speak to Rondo's experience, right? Right. Yeah, like, oh, I've done this. I've literally yeah. done your job. So yeah, let me tell you, this is how. And probably can go into that whole like, the point guard is kind of always the one who's underrated and underappreciated in the NBA. You know what I mean? But you're actually running things. But you're the. I think he sells them on. Yeah, exactly. Potentially in those moments, who knows? But I think he did sell them on that. It seems. I mean, yeah. You just think about those early Rondo iconic plays, the fake behind the back yes, yes. move, like the stuff he used to do was built on that. He was going to pass first and be like an old school point guard yep. to a point. And then just when you thought he was about to pass, he would score. Well, because and- you, you can't, there's so much to guard on that yeah. team. I mean, that was the idea yeah, behind exactly. it. It's like, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. It's like, how do we guard all these? You can't. So if you fake a pass to one of those guys, you're going to have seven people running over to defend it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Rondo figured that out. And he goes, 
oh, that's that's just another link in the chain of this of this weapon that we now have. Yeah. But yeah, he definitely had to defer these first a uh, couple years and yeah i think perk is different because you know he came out of high school like garnett and i just remember his first few years he was so quiet <laughs> he just looked like scared to be there a little bit uh of course pretty funny given his current status uh, <laughs> but even how big he was like you know what i mean he was like yeah he was like he had a man body but like think about being a high schooler Think about yeah. being a high schooler in the NBA. Like crazy. 18 getting drafted. That's and... Insane. Like so, and yeah. then the, again, the personalities on that team, like Kevin Garnett's, where are you gonna get a word in, in the first place? And then you're starting, right? So <laughs> he's perks like 21, 22 at the time. You know, he's so young, he's so raw still. And uh, yep, Kevin Garnett's yelling at him every night. <laughs> and uh I mean, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think the starting point is key there. You talk yeah. about pecking orders and respect. You know, Rondo and Perk were starting on a team that was supposed to win the championship. Right. Yeah. So you even look at the Celtics today, people are complaining, oh, play the young guys, play the young guys, and they play the vets, right? Yeah. Well, you know, they, they brought in, you know, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, and then Perk and Rondo were in the starting lineup. So maybe they didn't get as many shots or whatever. But, um, you know, they were, they were supposed to start for a championship team. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool and unique. And um, the ability to retain just the right couple pieces of yeah. their own talent, right? Because that was the only thing they had left of the whole team. Yeah. That and uh, Tony Allen. Right. Like his last hurrah, right? And, yeah, it's amazing the amount of things that seem to perfectly align with you know players trades health personnel fit overall culture mentality and i like to also remind everyone that uh paul pierce was really good the year before this but he wasn't actually good at defense that was he was very strong and physical and could body up anyone but he wasn't actually that good he fouled way too much and he didn't really know how to play team defense quite well, yet, and this year, because of that, and because of Garnett, I was gonna say Garnett's gonna teach you how to play some, yeah. Everyone, I mean, even Ray Allen, who you know is known as a shooter, very athletic. Everyone on that team played defense forty-eight minutes. Well, not forty-eight, but you know the minutes they were in, right? So that I think was part of that culture too that both Doc and KG brought. And it seemingly was a perfect storm that first year, right? Anything to touch on in the playoffs? Like any of the series we want to kind of look at? I, I do. Re- the only thing, and Eli kind of touched on it, was that the, each, each series seemed like, I don't know if I can take another one of these series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just sweep the next series so I can like sleep and and you know my nails are gonna not you know be bleeding from chewing on them um like let's just have a series where it's not a nail biter and we just didn't have that which kind of made it more exciting at the same time it's like when you do watch those blowouts like you're not really as invested you know what i mean like 
Yeah. And for some reason, I remember watching a lot of these games at the bars. So that says a lot about what was going on in my life at the time. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, going on to like, you know, Brian was saying like, you know, the COVID era now, like, I think, you know, I used to go out to watch these games with groups of people. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, that was like, like the, it was such a cool atmosphere. I mean, you're, you're talking like game seven, game seven, you said game seven, game seven, game six, game six. So like, these are insane series that could go either way. And, and you're in this crowd of people that's like, you know, this, you know, very, you know, Boston strong, you know, in Massachusetts watching these games. And you're just <laughs> like, like the, you know, it's like when you win those games or lose those games, like your whole life feels like, yay, or, you know what I mean? It's like this highs and lows. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I remember from those playoffs, you know, like just being so exhausted. Um, just watching. Where were you? Where were you, Brian? Where was I for those playoffs? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember. I was probably home on the vineyard as well, possibly at some of those same bars. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was, you know, I was trying to remember, you were talking about close playoff series and they played Atlanta in the first round, right? I kind of remember how it was a nail biter. But here's a blast from the past. You know who the starting uh, sender was for Atlanta on that team? He's on the Celtics right now. For the second time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Al Horford. Al oh, Horford was the okay. starting center for the Atlanta Hawks. We had Mike Bibby. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Josh yeah. Smith. So that's that's a team that was one game away from just ruining this entire conversation. Yeah, we never have this podcast. With wow. Yep. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And definitely was a beast too. I remember we could yeah. not stop Horford. That whole series. Does this speak to the competition level at the time in the NBA? That like this kind of team, it took <laughs> it was this like in, hard to like actually in, like win. It? That's an eight seed and a and a one seed, right? Yeah. Your first round of the playoffs. That doesn't mm-hmm. go to game seven very often. No, it's pretty uh yeah, it's pretty competitive, especially when you look at their route in the east right which has been known as the least often in recent history sometimes true sometimes not but yeah the yeah you can look at each of these and be like oh i mean you know season to season parody changes right in the league but you can definitely look back at i think this whole era right celtics big three then the heat big three and just marvel at like what amazing competition there was and i remember as a celtics fan you know feeling that like why do we always have to play lebron <laughs> around this time Can't someone right? else like, knock him out first <laughs> dear lord like why do we always have to play him and yeah i think for how smooth the regular season was these playoffs were way more exciting than maybe some of us hoped i like a balance of <laughs> exciting and then oh we just crush and sweep this team. Right, that's why I was hoping it would just one of the series be, like, can we just sweep one of these series? Just give me my, like, I don't know. Yeah, and I think this was one of those years where, you know, home court was everything, too. You had these sways back and forth, like, who's going who's gonna to win on the road? Yeah. So the Celtics were, let's see, they were 13-1 and one at, at home in the playoffs. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that home court, if they didn't have that home court advantage, maybe they lose in the first round because they weren't winning on the road. Wow. That's wild. That's right. And 
I mean, the Patriots in their, you know, oh oh four kind of oh three really through oh seven when they were just crushing. They always had the bye. They always had home field, and they just won every game at Foxborough. Right? Yeah, like they so hard to beat at Foxborough. But yeah, this was totally the same thing. And it makes sense when you think about the mania around this team and getting Garnett especially. And what a perfect alignment getting KG at this moment in his career was with Boston <laughs> and Celtics fandom, right? Like, and he we have to shout so, that out for so sure. So quickly, he just fit in. So it was like, that's our mentality. We want to yell at the screen. We want to yell at the other players. We yeah. want everyone to just put in the work. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, best. and he just, that's what he brought. He was like, you guys are going to, we're going to work harder than everyone else. And that's how we're going to win this. We're, we're going to work. Yep. Yeah. And just, you can imagine an opponent coming in. Yeah. Let's, let's go pry uh, the championship from Kevin Garnett's cold, dead hands <laughs> into Boston garden. Yeah. Like you're not getting out alive. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys remember like each game of the finals? Do you remember it more as just kind of a a sort of back and forth a little? Or what do you guys remember? Because it went to six, right? I felt confident. I like I just remember that even though it went to six, I felt confident once we got there. I was like, we got this, we got this. Um, do you guys remember like yeah, it's sort of game by game or just more the feeling or I think with the finals, I, I, I didn't have that confidence because like each of the playoff um, series had, had been so close. So it was like, I don't want to come this far <laughs> and then have this all be for naught, you know what I mean? And lose in the finals. Um, and then, until we get that, until we win the finals, like uh, it's like, it's just going to continue to be a nail biter for me and and just like you know i was like like again the hopium was there i want to win this like we put in the work we did our you know but like until we do you know. i do recall the home the home thing being real and being like okay this is it we're home we just need to win this one and we win it like i, rec- I definitely recall that and like and steve stock talking about um being at bars and uh for these oh. games was there a little was it story that you game? wanted to, you wanted to well, talk i was about? gonna skip it but you brought it up um, <laughs> i can't recall which game it was which is a problem I'm pretty sure it was game six really? <laughs> but it may not have been but in my mind it was game six of the finals yeah wow because it doesn't, the story doesn't really like put me into the best like Celtics fan light. But what happened was, um, <laughs> it it was the night of the finals, and I was at a different bar, and I ran into Garrett's old high school girlfriend, Veronica, who we hadn't seen in a long time, and wound up on a wide like a wildcap adventure, very innocent, but just like going around to different bars, and we wound up at Sharky's, and Garrett was there with our friend. Danny, and it's like crunch time. End of the game, like they're gonna win. I don't recall it being the actual last game. I actually maybe it wasn't. You know what? It probably it probably wasn't because you would yeah yeah. Because one, why would we be at Sharky's for the finals? Like the last moment that doesn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) Probably like three or two or something. I remember being like, yeah, it's pivotal, and they need to win this game. But it wasn't like 
the the finals moment right. where they were going to win the I championship. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because the entire time I was just like, oh, hey, Garrett. And it was like 30 seconds left, game on the line. Like, everyone's really intense. I'm like, look who I got here. Your ex-girlfriend, well, bro. And, and not like, only that, but Steve, you and I probably hadn't seen each other in like yeah. a, like four or five years. So like, no. <laughs> what so I like, love to do in those moments in life is just kind of skip that part and just, be like, <laughs> and just interject myself right in being like, look, I ran into it. She's like, Hey, and it was to me, one of those classic hilarious moments where she was like, hi, like about to start a huge long conversation with you. And your eyes are like half glued to the TV. And like, you were like, yeah, just give me one minute and then we can, you know, catch up in a second. I'm like, why wait hey guys talk right now this is perfect time to talk and I, it got so bad that, that danny actually yelled at me he was like he was like god damn it steven don't you see this? the celtics are in the final seconds here we're trying to get, to get, to get, to get the finals they're going to the finals here man what are you doing that's the funniest thing about the whole thing is like i was so happy to see steve um and i hadn't seen steve or veronica in forever so normally if I'm at the bar and I run into somebody I haven't seen in forever, it's going to be like, oh my God, like, let me buy you a drink. Let's talk. Let's catch up. Let's have this like amazing catch. You know what I mean? Like these were two people that were very important in my life. I know. And I saw it as like this big prank. Like, oh. like I know Garrett is locked into this game. I know this means the world to him. And I'm just going <laughs> to push this totally inappropriate moment right in front so, of him. Oh, I <laughs> I honestly, Steve, I haven't seen Veronica since that night either. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel either of I. Because, <laughs> like, she was, like, you know, uh, you know, just coming up to see somebody who I just, you know, and, like, oh, my God. But, like, as a Celtics fan, I think anyone who's listening, they know how important this season was. And you're in the finals. And so if somebody comes up to you in the last 30 seconds of one of these games, that's a yeah, I think it was like a marquee game. It was like a game yeah. three or a pivotal right. game. Like it was one of these kind of like benchmark Like you're just not going to have time for somebody to, to catch yeah. up at that moment. And so you're right. Dan did. <laughs> Dan laid it just, and was like, enough. With a game. This yeah. is too important. Damn it. Yeah, full disclosure, he's actually a police officer by trade. Yeah, exactly. and he probably was going to like handcuff me and put me in the back of his car yeah. if I didn't stop. <laughs> but, you know, we I'm pretty sure we won that game. I apparently it wasn't game 6, but it was it was uh so maybe that was, you know, the little spark that we needed. <laughs> maybe it was game 4. Yeah, Ooh. I think it But yeah, that so that sounds right. That, that sounds like, right. One of those uh just amazing uh, you know, at the bar moments whereas you know now i watch the games from home so i don't get interrupted right <laughs> yeah i was looking back i remember i was on the vineyard for game two actually and i remember going to offshore Ooh. and uh, which isn't so, a big sports bar so they probably have like one little tv in the corner right so i was sitting at the bar and i can't remember uh who i was with potentially even garrett um and yeah we like got our spot in front of the tv and got there early and we're just like fired up <laughs> on the celtics game in a bar full of people who weren't necessarily right, watching the yeah. celtics but game I initially like, <laughs> i feel like a lot of times that happens though but like you become invested in the people around you in these places and i yeah. feel like even if like i think it was me and you that were there 
I, I, I think people started getting the vibe. Like For that's sure. That's yeah. like what the season was like. Yeah. It was like, even if you're not invested, it's like, wait, wait, what's going on? Like, these guys are so These guys are it. so like, excited. Uh, they keep good diving and jumping. And, yeah, yeah. Like, you get excited too. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that, that season really was like a all-encompassing like moment for like the whole i mean obviously boston but i think just a lot of places you know it wasn't like one of those fan experience yeah yeah Yeah. brian where where were you in that that final series you recall yeah i'm 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 trying to remember i may have been uh i may have been bumping around the vineyard at the time i'm not i'm not sure i um i do remember kind of this this sense of relief in in game six you know, we had all these nail biters and, you know, then all of a sudden we were, we were up by 30 points in or something. And you're like, I think, I think I can, I can relax. Yeah. Yeah. This is really happening. I I think I didn't believe it until we were up by like, you know, 40 with seven seconds left. But (laughs) at that point, you know, I was feeling pretty solid. Yeah. We kind of caught the Lakers at the right time this season too, um, to where it was like competitive, but we really had the upper hand. I felt like the series. Yeah, do we beat a Shaq Kobe team? <laughs> wow. Oh man. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that would have been fun to watch. Would have been fun to watch. Yeah, those like great finals matchups that you'll never see. That would right. be a fun one. Yeah, you just right, rewind the Shaq, Lakers her? a few years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Odom Fisher, Shaq Kobe. Ah, oh, but fortunately. All the things come together. They did it. Anything is possible. They, they raised banner Woo. number 17, and it seems like we're on top of the world, right? We're going to win every game, every season. You know what I mean? Like, if we No, that's like the weirdest part of this. Like, we were just like, sweet. We're just gonna, this is going to be the I mean, start was, of something amazing. Yeah, like this, is, this is the new dynasty. You know, this is the beginning <laughs> of the next Celtics dynasty. I mean, that was... How do you not think that way? Yeah. And I don't know the finances of it. Of course, we're not experts, but somehow it seemed like they could keep this rolling for, and, you know, they did for another, you know, three to five years. Right. Yeah. This was not like the one year plan and then you can't afford everyone and everyone's coming off of contracts. It was like, this is the dynasty setup. No, like yeah, we they got no these guys. Big contracts, right? It was just them and they were going to just build around them continually. Rondo and Perk are young enough. Um, you know, we swap out some bench pieces every year, right? As you do, as one does if you're an NBA team, which we are not. <laughs> but yeah, so it looked great. And Steve and I touched on it briefly in the last episode of that feeling of what could have been or how many we might have had. And I feel like for me, it was at least one more. You know, it just was that feeling of like, oh, yeah, like three finals appearances, two championships over five years. That was like, I felt like what it deserved almost. Um, but yeah, the feeling coming off this was pretty amazing. When did, when did they win? Like, what was the date when they won the game six? Like, you guys remember like what like those following like weeks or months and stuff do you guys remember what you were doing or how were you feeling or um because i feel like eli you touched on a little bit there was like this relief you know what i mean it was like after this like 
after the the playoffs and the, the championships, it was like there was so much stress. Right. <laughs> so much like, yeah. So much expectation. Like, yeah. So as we know, they didn't win again after this, right? So yeah. um they came closest, as we, you know, mentioned against the Lakers again two years later. But I think for me, I still even though they didn't win that second one, right? And if you scrutinize several of the following seasons, probably cause you more pain. Than yeah, good, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looking at how close they got, or what happened, or what derailed the next few seasons. So, despite what is like a pretty stormy next five to six years after this, I feel like it's still a. Uh, just such a like bright spot. And as we've said, kind of a blueprint for how to get your team at the top of the league quickly and sustain that to some degree. Um, what do you guys think? Like, what do you guys remember? So the next season, Garnett gets hurt, right? And that just is like, it's pretty obvious we're not going to yeah, win. That, I mean, we're back to my yeah. feeling of the bar when we just had Ray Allen. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's like just a bummer but it's excused it's like an excused absence <laughs> right yeah. mm. what do you guys remember about the next five years that produced no more actual championships <laughs> unfortunately because yeah we we talked about uh i think before we started we mentioned that Shaq was on the team during these next uh several years and um so yeah i'm more curious just what people remember about like i don't remember I remember playing the Lakers again, right? I remember that. Um, but I don't remember sort of blow by blow as much. And I also didn't remember how many years the big three stayed together. Um, right. So, but yeah, what do you guys remember of the post-championship? Like once, you know, the season started rolling again and it was like, oh, Garnett got hurt. Oh, so close. Perk gets hurt. Um, I remember a lot of injuries derailing. Yeah, Brian, you you made a point earlier of the you know the championship run is they stayed healthy, you know, and I think that's a big part of you know that miracle season. You know, is that you know they were all able to stay healthy and and that played a played a huge part going forward in the next few seasons. Obviously, like you said, with Garnett going down, that was like oh, that was so like disheartening because they were riding this high from the previous season and Garnett was like, you know, you know, Alan's the, you know, Alan was a big piece, but I think Garnett was the piece that, you know, we all felt that without him, this doesn't have a chance. Like if Alan goes down, I mean, I don't want to be a, a hater on Alan, but I think we still have a shot. Yeah. But when Garnett goes down, it's like, that's the whole puzzle. And so that was like a rough season. I, you know, being, not being a Fairweather fan, but just it was like, you know, I feel like, you know, doom and gloom that season. The next season, you know, we come back and it's like, all right, we got the, we got our shot again. This is it. You know, we're back. We're all the puzzles back together. And and it was. And it did. Perk got injured in the finals, didn't he? Yeah. Like in mm. like, like not like how many games did that series go? Uh, that's a great question. Let me pull it up quickly. Uh, seven again. 
Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I, I want to say or Kirk seven. was just out for, for game seven, right? Right. And I think he got that, hurt in the beginning of game six, potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Or maybe it was beginning of game seven, even. Yeah. But he didn't miss more than like a game or two. And it was, he was but he was such a key point at that point. Yeah. Defensively. Yeah. Um, because the Lakers had drafted Bynum by then. Right. And so it wasn't just Gasol, it was Gasol and Bynum. These twin towers, and we needed. So it perk. was like I felt like this is so frustrating to to have our team put together, and then you know I hate I hate in any sport when an injury is the reason why. Like you know you see like these guys on even if it's the other team and they go down and you're like, well, there's just going to be an asterisk on this season now. It's like yeah the the you know the whatever beat the whatever, but it's because they didn't have whoever. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be that asterisk, and it's like. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, um, Kobe who got injured. It wasn't Pierce who got injured. So it's not like that big of an asterisk. You know, it's like, oh, they only beat him because they didn't have Paul Pierce on their team. That You know, it's like, but it's like, you know, as a, as, as a fan, <laughs> as a devoted fan, how important Perk was, you know? So when yeah. I'm going down. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. And it was tough because like, so it's two years after we beat them in the finals. Right. They get more pieces. The Lakers do their absolute best to show yeah. up to like win this. And then we, we just lose one role player. Yeah. You know, and that was the difference. Yeah. yeah and we just, yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, recalling that game seven. I think there's nothing more painful in a basketball game than watching your team get defensive stops and then the big guys just take down a rebound. Right, kick it out, and they hit a three on you, or something. Like you did everything right, except for the guy. They got two seven footers that just stand there and give them second chances. And once Perk was out, they kind of started doing that to us. So, like, I mean, we scored. I'm looking at this. We scored 67 and 79 points in those last two games. So it was just it was just ugly basketball. You know, second chances, just really heartbreaking stuff, and. um you know, we were up three to two in that series. Right. Yeah. So we went to LA and it was like, we couldn't make a shot. We couldn't make a rebound. And you just see like this whole season slowly, yeah. painfully slipping away. So yeah, yeah, it was kind of awful. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> <It> was. <laughs> Perk is definitely the what if, uh, I remember distinctly we had to, Oh yeah. He definitely got hurt before game seven. Cause we had to start sheed in game seven. Yeah. And Old man Sheed was it. Like we did we all we had is big baby and scout. Like we had no one else to legitimately throw at Bynum and Gasol. And we needed Sheed and Perk. Remember? Like Sheed yeah. was already our bench star big man. Like it we needed both of them. Like there was no other way. And yeah, it was it was so hard because, you know, looking back at it right now, like we we lose 79 to 83 in game seven in right. Los Angeles without Perk the whole game. Right. Like, <laughs> so for me, it's, yeah, that's, that one is so hard. And I forget uh, how the Perk injury happened. Um, I don't think anything mischievous or intentional no, to my it's, memory. It's, it's, it's professional sports. These guys are putting their whole bodies on the line. Unlike in another season when Dwayne Wade intentionally breaks Rajon Rondo's elbow because the Heat were pissed that they kept losing to the Celtics. But we won't get too deep into that. 
but no, he just perk got hurt and that undid us. And we almost, I mean, can we talk geez. for yeah, a minute about um, Rondo's shoulders? How he has the most massive shoulders. He's like, if Popeye's forearms are ridiculous, Rondo's shoulders. It was like he had like <laughs> muscular arms. Like he's not a little dude. Like he's definitely muscular. And then his shoulders, like it was like he was wearing shoulder. Pa- they they came up like past his ears. That dude's shoulders were the most jack shoulders I've ever seen. So if you're gonna go after his elbow, that makes more sense because you're not breaking that man's shoulders. No, he looked like he had like uh like He-Man arms or like you know the ones that like snapped on. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like it was so uh, crazy. That dude was a beast. Beast. I mean, we have talked about Rondo a little bit before, but uh, man, we could spend probably a whole episode just just reliving. Uh, the beauty and the drama and definitely a character arc. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, yeah. And I just learned uh, recently, let's say this past week that he's on the Cleveland Cavaliers who are very good this season. So uh, fast forward 15 years later, Rondo is still a desired player in the league. Pretty crazy. And uh, of course, uh, now a uh, former Laker, bizarre <laughs> uh, player movements become so different than, uh, especially the era that preceded this. That uh, pretty funny to think of all the things that happened during and after this time. From like I just said, Shaq briefly playing on the Celtics to Rondo later on. You know, later later on playing for the Lakers. Um, but yeah. I don't think that the that feeling. I don't think I've ever recaptured that feeling of that season, though. Like that's why this this big three season. Why going over this was like such a big deal, because like I don't know. It was just so magical. Like and and I felt like even with where things went after and how things were before, I think that's kind of what made it so magical. Like if they had gone on to win six championships, would we care as much as that one championship? And if they had been good before this, would we care as much as this one chance? I mean, it was just like this miracle season that came out of literally came out of nowhere. Like, because yeah, it was the age of sports center. It wasn't the age of, you know, analysts and podcasts and everything. It was like, you found out about a trade when it happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So they were wheeling dealing before any of this happened, but we didn't know about it. And so this season that came out of nowhere and then disappeared, you know what I mean? It's like, maybe that's what makes it so magical is that that that's all we got it was it's weird too of thinking nostalgia having nostalgia for a time where like sports center anchors weren't on their cell phones while like the show was going on getting trying to trying to like feel the it was just like you turn to sports center and then you get the information right uh, um but yeah we'll take the one for sure i'm i'm kind of with you garrett like i there was something about this. I think what's bittersweet is that it would have been nice then like two years later with a nice little buffer year yeah, yeah. to have not let the Lakers just sneak one, which is, yeah. which is to me, especially hearing Eli break down those games, have the numbers, the score. It just, it really feels like the Lakers sort of stole that. Just snuck it, snuck it away. Yeah, and, and it had to be the Lakers. Obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. It couldn't have been anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> but beating the Lakers, yeah. beating the Lakers certainly adds a lot to the magic of the and, and of the that specialness yeah. of the of the 08 one. 
Yeah. That was Boston's first championship, I believe, since 86, right? Yeah, yeah. So 15 yeah. years and the of 15 years of our life. So, yeah, of any team. Right. Yeah. So um, that being so, said, that being said, <laughs> like, how lucky are we? You know, like, and that, that that this is a part of that story that 07 08 team is part of all of it. Because yeah. I was equally excited about the Bruins the following year. I wasn't yeah. convinced I was really ever going to see the Bruins win the Stanley Cup. Right. Um, so that was really, that was really awesome. You know, so what we need now is the New England Revolution to win a cha- ML- MLS championship and we're set. Uh, Garrett, actually, <laughs> I believe we went to the first ever MLS We Cup. did. We went to the first yeah. MLS championship Didn't game feature ever. the Revs though. Yeah, but it was the <laughs> first MLS championship ever. It was at and the it, old Foxborough. Old Foxborough was pouring rain. Pouring rain. rain. <laughs> and those seats were like tin cans. Tin cans. Cold as We were like standing though. in the rain for the yeah. first cup ever. We couldn't and sit because the seats were so cold. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and after uh, we encountered the most uh, affable and joyous group of fans who had just lost, their team had lost. And they were singing. Jorge Campos. They were singing about their goalie. Yeah. Jorge hey, Campos, Campos, we love, we love you, <laughs> but we're sorry. <laughs> I was like, wow, these fans are singing about their goaltender, like, you know what I mean? And they lost. It was like, yeah. you think they'd be like, I hate you, you, you know, you lost for us. Uh, uh, I, I can't believe we went to the first MLS championship ever. It's crazy. Uh, but we digress. Uh, yes, yeah. this was a, this was a special time and uh, for those, yeah, who don't understand the exact lens of our lifetimes, um, this, you know, this time was amazing because the, you know, I don't remember the Bill Buckner incident in live time, but, um, when the Sox lost to the Yankees in 2003, Ugh. that's one of the most, uh, that's one of the darkest nights of my life. Brutal. Like that's, yeah, that's, and that was just, it was the last hit. I like literally just, I was sitting alone in a dark home. I won't get into details, but <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just was like, thought I had to swear off Boston sports, basically. Right. Because it's that was so tough painful. One. So painful. Yeah. yeah. And so this was, especially the, you know, the championship. It was an amazing uh, long time coming for Celtics fans of our generation. And yeah, I think there is some like, some sweetness to that they only got one and they weren't a dynasty ultimately. Right. Yeah, like, are you, are, are you as a non Celtics fan as are people, do they even remember that season? You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I, there's a bunch of seasons in between there that I don't remember who won the championship, but there's probably you know, the home, the home teams that do, but I don't know. I think for some reason for that season, I think that that just, I feel like everyone remembers that season, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. I mean, we, Eli and I have talked to some people recently um, that were like, that made them Celtics fans. Right. Like all those, think about all those players and who had affinity for those players or just people looking from an outside perspective, like didn't have a team. Yeah. It, it really kind of won over a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I think, I think those years were kind of the last, you know, beautiful years before the LeBron era really took over the NBA. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 08, 09, and, you know, being in the finals multiple times. And then what? LeBron's been in the finals 10 times since then. Right. 
So everyone mm-hmm. else has always been playing the the underdog. Of course, we had Golden State, you know, become a, a a good rival for the LeBron dynasty. But you know, really since then, you know, I, I want to say we invented the big three, and then uh, you know the whole league's been trying to do that to deal with LeBron uh, until the guy turns forty five and pulls yeah. a Tom Brady and retires. I don't know. <laughs> At least maybe uh, in the current season while we're recording this, it's backfiring currently slightly, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, it really was like uh, the last window before LeBron started to peak and got enough help. Right here in this, you know, these first few seasons of the Celtics Big Three, it's still just classic basketball, right? Like uh, Perk goes down and you don't have enough seven-footers on your roster. It's just classic uh, and, and, it, and I think looking at that roster, I mean, it's kind of funny. I think Eli, you kind of touched on this briefly earlier, but you know, I'm looking at my stat heads stuff here. I'm looking at Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, James Posey, Sam Cassell. These guys are all shooting 40% from three point range. You put Kevin Garnett at center. I don't know. The Celtics might be, that team might be even better in this era. Cause you'd just be shooting all day with the best center in the league. Right. Absolutely. And I do think they were ahead of their time. And um, I think they figured out, yeah, playing small ball with people like Posey, right? Like that's what everyone wants to do right now. Eddie House. Yeah. Have shooters and stretch three through fives and just play, switch everything. Everyone can shoot threes, almost positionless basketball. Yeah, this is pretty... uh, pretty ahead of its time in some ways and maybe even suffered some degree, right? Like the Lakers uh, don't have two seven footers and maybe the Celtics beat them in that second series. Who knows? But there is something classic, not only that they met the Lakers twice in Kobe's prime and Pierce's prime and split those, you know, I say them because they're the the homegrown guys really who uh, had battled for years, but Some of the, yeah, some of the, in my mind, some of the disappointment is really, like, mitigated by how much, like, fun it was. Yeah. And this time and the lore and the things that fell into place that either, you know, led to success or didn't, right? It still, like, always felt almost like a, you know, story, but, like, someone was writing it. Didn't it kind of feel like we were involved? Like, it's so weird, like to think about it. Like, and when you hear about that home record, I mean, how like, how weren't we involved? Yeah, I guess in that? that's true. Yeah, it's like you felt like you were a part of it, like that. And I don't know if I've felt like I've been part of it since in any in any in any sport. It's like maybe the Red Sox, like in that like you know Euclid era, like you kind of felt like part of that team. Yeah. Um, but this Celtics team, like, I, I don't know. I just I felt like we were part of it, and I think that's what you rode those highs and lows so much, and so you know that one season was such a high. You know what I mean? It was such a high. It was so exciting to be a part of it. But you guys were talking about like other dynasties and it's like the LeBron era and stuff. It's like you don't really want to root for the guys that win every time, right? Like so. Like, like nobody else was rooting for Brady. <laughs> you know, the only Massachusetts are you rooting for Brady, really. And nobody was rooting for Jordan unless you were from Chicago. You were admired him. 
but it's like you just were like can someone else win please you know what i mean and it's like i think that the re- the fact that we didn't get that five and six champions going back to that again as the celtics we wanted them <laughs> you know we wanted them, but would we be remembered as like those like like would we would would we be become like the ah it's just that jordan bulls or it's just the you know like we might have oh, just yeah. been like an another annoying team that nobody even likes anymore like but yeah. but, but we've stayed the celtics like i think the yeah. lakers kind of have that like that mindset and maybe it's just because we're from boston but like yeah the lakers are kind of that annoying team that nobody wants to win anymore whereas the celtics were like the gritty kind of like you know can they beat the lakers can they finally do it you know what i mean like i don't know so yeah, and i think i think boston fans in general you know we always want to play the blue collar underdog yeah who wins the championship right you know, yeah we're not, we're not trying to be a scrappy underdog every day we just want to be like the second ranked team yeah that wins the whole thing so you look at like you know dirt dog red Sox, yep. or you look at some of our battles where it was like rondo on lebron you know facing off yeah. um or even some of those you know subsequent years when you had uh i don't know i have this image of nate robinson jumping on big baby's back yeah. After, yes. after a win. And it was right. like, that was almost as fun as some of the highest moments. Yeah. That yeah. was just like the little guys taking them down, you know? Yeah. And, you know, once again, we're Boston fans, but my impression is that anyone not a Miami Heat fan hates everything about the decision, the Heatles, like that whole time. Like, so we're not that, just right. as you were pointing out, Gary, yeah. right? Like, and yes, potentially the the near miss and the strife of the next, you know, four or five seasons uh, adds to that lore and keeps this such a like, ah, oh, such a nostalgic, yeah. rosy, yeah. like, man, oh, I'd love to just be back in June 2008. Yeah. Ah, oh, what a great time. I was on top of the world. I had a, um, a KG shirt, T-shirt jersey like the official one that was like you know big oversized and i just wore that everywhere for like months in san francisco you know, <laughs> yeah, <saying>. yeah. 